0: Seven Lessons Learned Designing Apiary by Connie Vogelman Over the last two years, I've had the great privilege of working with debut designer Connie Vogelman on her game, Apiary. From start to finish, I've been in awe of Connie's design skills, dedication, communication, creativity, and ability to put herself in the shoes of the player. I'm so excited to share the game with you, and today Connie is going to share seven lessons she learned during the apiary design process. For context, Apiary is about spacefaring technologically advanced bees. It's a speculative future featuring exploration, hive expansion, engine building, and a unique worker placement system using four-sided workers whose strength level determines their action benefits. It includes over 100 illustrations from illustrator Quan Chai Maria. Here's Connie who you can also hear from in the Apiary Design Diaries. The rest of this article is from Connie's perspective. APO was my first real game design experience. Going through the process and working with Stomeyer has taught me a lot. By sharing my experiences, I hope to inspire, inspire others and help them avoid some of the pitfalls I fell into. First, enjoy the process. APRA has been in my life for almost five years. I've easily spent hundreds of hours designing and prototyping and spent significant mental and emotional energy working to bring the game to fruition. I found the process to be incredibly rewarding, but it took a lot of sustained commitment and a healthy dose of luck along the way. I don't recommend that anyone start designing games solely in pursuit of eventual publication. You may spend years designing a game that will never see the light of day. So it's critical that you get satisfaction and enjoyment out of the design process. Number two, learn games and game design realistically. Many designers, myself included, balance design work with full-time jobs, family responsibilities, and the external hobbies and activities that make us well-rounded people. As important as it is to study the craft, both by designing and playing games, it's equally important to set realistic expectations. In the game design space, you'll often see humble brags by people who only manage to play 10 in-person games in a week. And this can be incredibly demoralizing for those of us who manage far less than that. I supplement my limited gaming time with board game podcasts and videos so I can stay up to date and learn, even when I'm not able to learn to get a new ta- game to the table. Whenever I'm commuting, doing chores, or exercising, I'm also listening to a podcast or video. Some of these are from regular board game content creators, include, including Brothers Murph, Board Game Hot Takes, Talk Cardboard, Meeple, Town, Two Wood for a Wheat, and Punchboard Paradise. and Others are specific to game design, including Ludology, Board Game Design Lab, Building the Game, and The Board Game Community Show. The weekly Cardboard Edison Newsletter is also a great way to learn what's going on in the board game design world, and it's well worth the $5 monthly subscription fee. Number three, find a playtesting group. Games never play out on the table the way they do in your head. Getting a game to the table is the best possible way to make progress in designing and developing your game. This is especially true if you are able to playtest with other designers. Especially early in the design process, other designers not only help identify problems, but may also be able to articulate the source of the problem and help brainstorm solutions. When you return the favor by playtesting their games, you will also improve your your own design skills. If you don't have access to an in-person design group, there are some great online playtesting groups. I highly recommend checking out Break My Game, which has several scheduled online playtesting events every week. Number four, listen to the right feedback. When I first started playtesting Apiary, I was determined to listen to all feedback that I received. I had been a playtester in more than one game where, I, where it was abundantly clear that the designer was not listening to my feedback. This was not only dis- disrespectful to me as a playtester, but also invariably, those games weren't very good. <laughs> when I started designing, I was determined to take every comment I received seriously to a ludic- ludicrous degree, degree. At one point, I spent time trying to turn Apiary into a deck building game. In short, it's about finding balance. I found that when a playtester identifies something that feels bad or negative, it's important to take that feedback seriously. It's also never a one off or isolated complaint. A playtester may not correctly identify the underlying problem or how to fix it. That's my job. But they are very good at identifying what feels bad or isn't working. In addition, the more playtests you run, the better you become at guiding playtesters, letting them know what type of game you're designing, what feel you're hoping to inspire, and what kind of feedback you're looking for. Number five. Prototype smarter, not harder. In the beginning, I laminated all of my pieces, spent hours cutting hexagonal pieces, and glued all of my printouts to cardboard tiles. In short, I wasted a ton of time. Although every designer will be different, I found that I completely redo anywhere between 50 and 100% of my printed code components between every playtest, especially early on. Now I live off cardstock and scotch tape. The more time you spend making a prototype, the higher the mental barrier will be to making changes. I strongly discourage designers from ordering custom print components, except perhaps for a final version to pitch to publishers. The time and cost associated with custom printed components is high. And I think there's an even higher hidden cost associated with locking in your game early, instead of remaining flexible and continuing to improve your game. Even my final prototype for Apiary for Stomeyer was something that I printed at home. And here's a pro tip that I learned from Jamie. If you're working with hexagons, you can use offset squares like a brick wall to accomplish the same thing in a fraction of the time. I'll note that I don't quite take the shotgun approach to prototyping that a lot of designers do. It will often take me a week to put together a new prototype, as I often do a lot of design work while updating each component, but I try to spend as much time as possible designing and as little time as possible interacting with the actual prototype. Addition from Jamie here. I wanted to add that Connie did something really smart in the initial game submission. She she separated the various tiles into different bags and she labeled the bags. The labels made those labels made it so much easier for us to learn the game. Learn design software, number 6. I made the first 20 or so versions of API in Microsoft Word. You read that right? It does work, but only barely. I finally learned NANDEC a couple years ago, and I wish I had switched sooner. Because I have no coding experience, that was a fairly high barrier to entry, and it took me a solid day to create my first template. Ludo Lodge has a couple great tutorial videos for NANDEC. This initial investment has saved me hundreds of hours since then. Being able to link to a spreadsheet, including formulas, directly into your template makes prototyping infinitely faster than doing it by hand, and it opens up a lot of additional design options. There are other software options out there, a lot of pros use InDesign, but Nandec, which is free, has served me well. Last, bees are super cool. This is a little off topic, but I wanted to take a moment to say how cool bees are. I started keeping bees a couple years ago in my Washington, D.C. backyard, and I continue to be amazed by them. For all that they are simple and short-lived creatures, they have incredibly complex processes, from waggle dances, where they communicate good foraging locations to each other, to air conditioning. They bring back water and fan it around the hive for cooling, to taking on differentiated responsibilities within the hive. They are truly fascinating creatures. Thank you so much, Connie, for taking the, the, the time to share these thoughts and design, and to design such an incredible game. If this piques your interest, dear reader, you can sign up for apiary updates and an October 4th launch notification. Shipping will happen in October. For every launch notification we receive before October 4th, Stonemaier Games will donate $1 to Pollinator.org, the Center for Native Pollinator Conservation, or Hyfer International, a honeybee gift.